0: 865 255 is our telephone number to the Irish Network's hotline. Hiller is offering credits for your old systems. You can trade in your old HVAC system and earn up to $1,500 towards a new select system. Um, also, you can upgrade from a standard tankless system. Uh, water heater and uh, no standard water heater and get a new tankless water heater with Hiller uh, and earn up to $500 with that trade. Uh, also electrical panel. You can trade that in and you will receive a $500 credit for your old one. That is happyhiller.com Happy you will be, or the service is free. Go back to the text box. And we start number number three, number, uh, our number three here in this program, which is powered by low T center and Lou T Center dot com. Laboring on Labor Day. That's right. That's right. Yeah, sitting here watching um, Pitt, UMass, and um,
1: if, if Pittsburgh wins, it's going to be because of Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you made that comment during the break, like, yeah, he's he's going to be a problem, and and I agree with you. You you said it as he was running a read option, he made a great read and scampered down the middle of the field. Kind of made a guy, made the the edge guy miss and, and got downfield fifteen twenty yards. What gives me hope in that particular instance? Because I had this thought during the break, I, I didn't tell you, is that Jaquan Blakely, Matthew Butler, Tyler Barron, those will be the guys on the edge. I, I do find some comfort in that. Um, a from an experience standpoint with Butler and Blakely, they they should be able to contain him and and not allow him to to gain the edge. At least funnel him back up to the, the middle and allow Big Elijah to to eat or who, whoever's there uh, in in the middle. And I mean, a guy like Tyler Barron, he he's going to be way more athletic than that UMass For edge sure. defender to to make that play. But still, he he is going to be a, a problem. The, the two things that worry me most about this this game is. Uh, Kenny Pickett, veteran quarterback, talented. Uh, that that is a concern. Just going up against a, a veteran quarterback anytime, anywhere is is always concerning to to me. Uh, and then, I mean, I've said this for a couple of weeks now. It's a Pat Narduzzi coach football team, and I think Pat Narduzzi is a, a really good football coach. Uh, and I, I think Pittsburgh's going to be well coached. I, I think they'll be. Uh, coached up well. I, I think they'll, they'll have a, a good game plan, a, a good scheme, and a uh, good idea of what they want to accomplish going into the game to, to slow down Tennessee. That, that's what worries me. Veteran quarterback, a Pat Narduzzi coach team, uh, th- those are my two biggest concerns going into the week. Because Tennessee going to have more talent, natural mm-hmm. talent, natural athleticism. But who who plays better fundamental football? Who, who shoots himself in the foot less? That that's who's gonna win this game because I know Pitt came out as a, a one point one and a half point favorite yesterday. In my eyes it's a it's a pick em. and, and kind of just whoever I mean this stating the obvious, being captain literal here, but whoever plays better on, on Saturday wins the game. Hmm. And and <laughs> to to expand on that comment <laughs> since it's all right, Trent Dilfer. Alabama can play its C game and and, and beat Miami playing its A game. So Alabama could you could not lose
2: games in the NFL that, and that's, still win.
1: Yep, that that's right Trent. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Alabama can get away and it's not just Alabama. There there are other teams that, that can get away depending on its opponent that can get away without playing its its best football. But in a game like this where it's it's truly a toss up, neither team can get away with with self-inflicted wounds they they both have to play near-perfect football if if they're going to beat the other team. There you go, Ben.
0: There you go. So, this game reminds me of Tennessee BYU in 2019 mm-hmm. because they have a quarterback that kind of is a straw that makes everything go, that stirs a drink, and like Pick is not as good as Zach Wilson, don't get me wrong, uh, but like, Zach Wilson made everything go for BYU. And I think Pickett is the same the same here as we're watching. And he runs again for another another first down. Uh, you look at Zach Pickett's – not Zach Pickett, but you look at uh, Kenny Pickett's numbers from last year. He only had 13 touchdowns, nine interceptions. The year before that, he had 13 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Um, so, there's not – a huge distance between his touchdowns and interceptions, but he is the undoubted leader. Um, He is calm. He can use his legs. He's tough. He's tough as nails. But this game reminds me so much of the BYU game because entering this game, you're like, come on, man. Our our talent should
1: overwhelm BYU. Historically, Tennessee should overwhelm BYU overwhelmed Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, I mean, like the, from a talent standpoint, you 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 have more talent than Pittsburgh, and the way you lose games like this is missing opportunities. We miss a couple, you know, throws and deep passes. Um, but games like this, it goes back to you versus you. Like Tennessee and BYU game, we had four hundred eighteen yards. Uh, we rushed the football for two hundred and forty-two yards. Ben, two hundred and forty-two yards. We had five yards per play. Picked up twenty first downs. We were fishing on third down. We had we ran seventeen more plays than BYU last year. Time of possession we had plus seven seven minutes. Like everything about the stat sheet points to Tennessee winning, but it's like the little things inside of a game that doesn't show up on the stat sheet that Tennessee. Kind of hurt themselves on and didn't take advantage of opportunities. I look at this game the same way. Cannot lose the turnover margin. Matter of fact, it'd be great if we if we won the turnover ma- margin by by two or so, at least by one. But win the turnover margin, um, time and possession that don't even matter anymore for 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 us because we won't be you know the winners in, in that um, whether, we, <laughs> whether we lose or win just because because our style of play. But efficient on third down. Um, taking care of business, special teams game, and not allow hidden field position. Like if you if you play your best and Pitt plays their best, Tennessee should still win this game because
1: of the talent. Well, what concerns me is 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 quarterback play. Uh, I think yep. going into the game, Pitt has the advantage uh, because Kenny Pickett is is more established. Joe Milton has more talent, natural talent, mm-hmm. no no doubt. Mm-hmm. But uh, Kenny Pickett right now is just a better. Quarterback, uh, a better passer per se. Uh, Joe Milton has has the better tools as as a quarterback, but uh, that that doesn't mean that you're you're just a great passer if if you can't piece it together. And and Kenny Pickett is the better passer, and you bring up the BYU game, and I mean it, it's just like the BYU game in nineteen the the. the Last year's Kentucky game at home, like Tennessee showed well in in these other areas except quarterback play. And not bringing this up to to harp on Jared Gantano, but in that 19 BYU game in the first half, Tennessee should have been up at halftime by multiple touchdowns, but JG missed multiple open receivers uh, in that first half, and it really slowed the offense despite some other things that it was doing really well, running the football playing good defense, containing Zach Wilson. If if you watch that tape uh, of Zach Wilson, I mean, he looked good against Tennessee, but, I mean, he didn't look number two overall no. in the in the draft good. So Tennessee did really good things. He was young then, too, when he played. Yes, him. yes, yes. And, and, you know, late in the game, Alante did have a, a mental breakdown. Tennessee secondary had a, a mental breakdown and couldn't get anything going in overtime. But the quarterback position cost Tennessee that football game. The quarterback position cost tennessee the kentucky game last year where tennessee was running the ball well jg was doing a great job of just checking it down and letting eric gray or ty chandler whoever pick up 8 10 12 yards and then get down into the red zone and he instead of continuing to take what the defense was giving him try to make too big of a play and it resulted in pick six and and another interception uh, as as well the defense was was keeping kentucky in check so can Joe Milton also take a step forward? That that's gonna be a big question mark uh for this football game as well. Can Joe Milton uh take a step forward because his performance against Bowling Green isn't going to be good enough against Pittsburgh? Yeah, and that in that BYU game, Ben, Tennessee lost the
0: turnover margin. So you mentioned that pick six that happened against BYU. Total yards, I mean, you almost had one hundred yards more than BYU. Uh, had more first downs, time of possession. I mean, you, you dominate every stat except for turnover margin. And that's that will get you beat in games like this when you have more talent because Tennessee does have more talent. Depth, we know that's a concern. But more talent, more speed, um, you beating yourselves will be the reason why I think Tennessee loses this game. But, man, Tennessee had – you know control there to, at the beginning against BYU uh was up 13 to 3 at at one point and then just just never never just put their foot on the neck never just 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 you know put the game away allow BYU to hang around hang around and hang around until to the fourth quarter and then they you know they kicked that field goal uh to tie it up and went to overtime and then you know took the game over There and one. So this game reminds me so much of that BYU game. Um, Yes, I'm saying that the defensive line, this is a game about them, you know, showing why the SEC is different. The SEC is different from every other conference because of the defensive line play. Something that Heupel has talked about uh, when he was asked about the difference between, you know, SEC and other conferences. It's the defensive line play. It's the defensive linemen who are big, strong, but they're also fast and quick. It's going to come down to those guys, but just like every other uh, game, especially in modern football, it's going to come to the quarterback position too. Joe Milton, take care of the football and and hitting uh, wide-open layups that can be splash plays for touchdown or just splash plays that
1: um, move the chain. So I'm looking at the defensive
0: line play. Obviously, Joe Milton's play is going to be extremely important too.
1: Yep, and uh, Vol fan – Makes a good point here on the text box that the difference between Tennessee versus Pitt and Tennessee versus BYU is that we now have coaches that make in-game adjustments. I loved hearing Heupel talk yesterday, I'm assuming, on the Josh Heupel show, the debut of the Josh Heupel show, about making <laughs> halftime adjustments. Every time Pruitt was asked about halftime adjustments, he always said they don't make adjustments. They just need to execute the game plan better. That, that is true, and I thought you saw Tennessee come out of half against Bowling Green uh, and, and make halftime adjustments. For, for some reason, Tennessee went away from the run there in the second quarter, mm-hmm. and, and it kind of stymied the offense, got them out of rhythm because the, the running What's game is me? slow them down, stop them. I need to use that. I need to start using that more. <laughs> stymied. Because those first two possessions that Tennessee scored on back-to-back – it was because Joe Milton was able to feed off the run game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hot knife through butter, man. It was, like, it was surgical. I and mean, then they went away from it there in the, the second quarter, uh, trying to, to throw the ball and also getting behind the sticks er, early on into possession. Um, so it, it, it stymied uh, the, the <laughs> offensive flow there. And then they come out in the third quarter, their first possession, and what do they do? They run the football, and they march right down the field and score. So, uh, again, we, we kind of had this kind of – we had this conversation last week about maybe what we learned on, on Friday morning about this football team and, and trying to determine what this football team is. Or maybe it's a conversation we had at VolQuest. I don't know. I, I talk a lot of different places, as do you. Kinda, yeah, It's hard to keep up where all the conversations happen. I, it was on the VolQuest post-game podcast. Uh, what, what we're going to learn about Tennessee – like, their identity as an offense moving forward, like, what is it? And I think we learned in the opener, and I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on this, that for, for as much as, as we hear about the passing game in this offense, I think we learned that this particular team is going to go as the running game goes. This is a, a running team, and Tennessee's going to have to build off the running game. I think Josh
0: Heupel could have said, all right, obviously – they can't stop us running the football. And we can continue to run the football and still beat this team down. But this is why you play bowling teams like this, like Bowling Green. So you can work on stuff. You can work on stuff. Like Tennessee could have beat Bowling Green by by 40 if they just continued to run the football. But what will you learn about yourself in a passing game? Not much if you don't do it. So I'm, I'm glad – that would happen, happen in the first game. It's about winning the game and having correctable film. And I would rather have a high volume of mistakes in the first game than any other game of the season. So I'm glad, I'm glad that it happened in a win against Bowling Green, even though, yes, I wanted to score 70, and yes, I want the receivers to play play better and the quarterback to deliver the football better, whatever. But it's good that it happened in the first game so that way you can correct it. Because you really didn't have to throw the football. You had two running backs to go for 100 yards. You didn't have to throw the ball. I feel like they was doing it just because. Let's,
1: let's try to work on it. Let's try to work on it. Yeah, I'm with you. And it's kind of the double-edged sword of, of being vanilla. Because, like, yeah, you don't want to show Pitt and in, in Florida some, some things on tape. But you also kind of want to work on those things, don't you? Yeah. You, you yeah. don't want the first time you roll out a, a particular run scheme to be against pit and it and it falls flat on its face. Maybe you run it out against Bowling Green and it, it doesn't. It's not executed perfectly or, or the way it's intended, and then you can go back and and fix it, and then you go into pit with that that run scheme. Fixed and, and ready to go. It, it's it's an interesting conversation when, when you think about the the thought process of being vanilla. So you don't put things on tape, but then you also run the risk of doing things for the first time against better competition. Where <laughs> where if it doesn't work out, then then you're really in a sticky situation. Let me let me hit up um, our messages on our video live stream
0: here. Um, Todd Love Day says, "Am I the only one tired of hearing?" Everyone complained about quarterback play. We ran our offense on two drives and pulled back. Everything else was deep ball, loosening the secondary, running the football. Um, Danny says, happy Labor Day, gentlemen. Hope you have a great day. Thank you, Danny. Um, Robert says, Ben, Pitt is as good as most of the SEC. If Milton does not play better, they will beat Tennessee. Um, Fair comment. Yep.
1: Uh, They're definitely t- better than Vandy.
0: Yeah. Bowling Green Baron Vandy. Todd Loveday says expect us to work the outside more often and gets pit. We tore Bowling Green working the outside and then went away from it. Um I expect Milton to get the ball in his playmakers' hands quick and let them make plays. M X E R three five one says Harrison's already accurate at hitting open receivers. Um He is. On just like does, just like JG, we kept making excuses for JG, which kept us from moving forward for multiple years. So he's having that, he's making that point off one football game. Cool, awesome. Um, what do you guys think of the coaching in terms of when Joe drops back and stands flat footed? Uh, I think that will be talked about. I, you know, from everything I've seen, from quarterback development, uh, quarterbacks tend to have their feet moving at all times. Um, that is that is a question maybe that gets asked Josh Heupel this week, and uh, I'd, be, I'd love to see
1: what Josh Heupel ha- has to say. Harrison's issue isn't accuracy. It's it's not being able to push the ball down the field and not being able to process things quickly. Two traits that Josh Heupel, offensive coordinator Alex Golish, and quarterback's coach Joey Halsley all harped on all fall camp long that you got to be able to process things quickly, you got to be able to throw the ball vertically and push the ball downfield. And as a bonus, it's nice if you if you can make some plays with your legs as well. And those are the three question marks with with Harrison's game right now. I don't think Harrison's a statue, but Joe Milton and Hendon Hooker are are better at Scrambling around and, and making more out of their legs, uh, whether or not Harrison can can push the ball down the field at a high level consistently is a huge question mark right now, and that is, in my opinion, the the biggest thing that's keeping him off the field or behind on the depth chart. And then the the being able to process things quickly aspect is also uh, something that he is he is trying to grasp, and that's a product of him being young and having really unfortunate situations last year. Just the, the whole coaching staff in general under Pruitt, the whole culture, but also having to quarantine twice back-to-back and not really practicing throughout fall camp. I mean, Harrison has been set back in, in that department, unfortunately. And Joey Halsley, he, he talked about that uh, the last time he met with the media that he's he's still trying to, to learn to process uh, things things quickly, so it's not accuracy that's that's holding Harrison Bailey back. He can he can complete passes within that intermediate to, to short range. It's it's the pushing the ball down the field and processing things quickly that you have to do in this offense if you're going to be successful. And he hasn't demonstrated that yet. Well said. Uh, Robert says, folks,
0: Pitt is not Bowling Green. They will shut down most of the running game if we cannot pass. Pitt is as good as Kentucky, and yes, they can beat us. Uh, I don't know about Pitt being as good as Kentucky, but yes, Pitt is not Bowling Green, and we need to be balanced for sure and be a threat throwing the football. So I agree with most of that. Uh, I don't think that's as good as Kentucky. Uh, Jared? Says, uh, we beat Pitt by three touchdowns, 100. I don't know. We'll see. I hope. Uh, Selena says, my house is divided. UT
1: and Florida State. Mike Norvell is working his magic. I like Mike Norvell. And how about uh, O'Ferente? Speaking of former Memphis coaches. Yeah. Finally showing off why people were, were high on him. I was, I was happy to see that because I, I wanted Tennessee to go after Ferente when they were hiring Pruitt. And it has not worked out for Fuente at Virginia Tech, and it has made that take that I had look silly. So sure. I was glad that uh, Fuente sure. put a little more stock back in there.
0: For sure, Kevin uh, Piercy says Bailey's arm is not limited. No, it's not limited, Marietta. It's limited versus the other quarterbacks in the room um, here. You know, in SEC football, it's, it's limited compared to the other two. Um, but Ben, I think you just mentioned what needs to be fixed with Bailey, so don't need to go back and harp on that. Um, uh, Michael Palmer says Mike Novell would have won last night if he had played the right quarterback earlier. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's fair to say. Who knows? Who knows if McKenzie Milton would have played that well? It's hard to say that. I mean, you know, you get a small sample size. Uh, he played well, but, you know, does he play that well if he played the whole entire game? Who knows? But I think it's fair to say that. Um, I think McKenzie Milton needs to be the starting quarterback next game. And uh, I want to see what Florida State does when they have their next big test, and see how they play. Um, what do we think about Brian Kelly's execution joke? Yeah, just it didn't come out. It didn't come out right. <laughs> simple, simple as that. You know, it, 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 you know his team didn't execute the way he wanted them to do too, and he tried to make a joke about him executing. Executing his team because they didn't
1: execute and uh, it just came out wrong, and um, that's that's how I look at it. Yeah, I mean, I I would not recommend he say that again or do it in the first play. And quick to point out that it's a joke from 1976. Well, it's 2021. It's not 1976 anymore. Yes, it was, it, was, it 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 was a little funky. I
0: cringed a little bit, but. I'm not here trying to fire the dude No, no Cancel him I mean, he just He just He he tried to
1: He's a bad comedian
0: Yeah, just Just wasn't Just Just didn't Didn't land the joke That's all Simple as that Um, Let's go back to The text box And then um, We'll take a Quick break Bottom of The hour Cape Dave says, uh, I believe Coach Major has always said a team's greatest improvement during a season happens from game one to game two. Let's see how it goes. That's right. Every coach has said that because it's just the truth. It's just the truth. The biggest improvement from your first season to your next season, freshman and sophomore year, and as a team, your best improvement, your most uh, improvement and ground cover can be from your first game to your second game, and um, I anticipate that being the case this Saturday when Tennessee plays Pitt at noon. Hour 3, powered by Low T Center and center.com. Stay with us. Be right back.
2: Hour 3 of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and center.com. Do you know your numbers? feel like you
3: again. Let us help. It's a new season which means it's time to rep your team in new ways with gear from Game Time Sidekicks. Rep the Vols with every sip with a new tie-dye tumbler or bottle. They also have a new NFL Players Association product line so you can support your favorite VFL on Sundays. Want to put your own flair on a Tumblr? GameTime Sidekicks has you covered with options to add your own text or even a monogram on the back of your favorite team Tumblr. To check out everything that GameTime Sidekicks has to offer, go to GameTimeSidekicks.com. Carry your team with Game Time Sidekicks. Is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you.
0: 7007 42nd Street Brand
3: Strategy Design Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of Quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com Dead in Barbecue. The search is over. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Networks hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Networks high-speed fiber internet. IrisNetworksUSA.com
0: Swain Event SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Um, Tomorrow will be the second show, Tennessee Prime. That will take place at Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken there on Sutherland Avenue. The show will start at 7 p.m., and tomorrow's guests will include... Kay Mays, starting offensive tackle, and um, Tyon Evans, who had a big, big, big day uh, in his debut as a Tennessee Volunteer. Um, he went for over a buck as, long, uh, as well as Jabbar Small, but he had 116, uh, just like Jabbar Small, but his average was 7 um, yards per carry. He had a longer 21 on 16 carries, had a touchdown. Um, but Tyon Evans showed why he's one of the best running backs uh, in Juco coming out this past season. Man, I like his game, man. Uh, really shifty, can finish runs. And I like guys that can make people miss because the coaches can do only so much. They can draw up the plays, uh, put you in positions to make the plays, but they can't make it for you. Uh-uh. They, You know, you got you to gotta make somebody miss. You got to be a playmaker. And Tyon Evans did a really great job. Of of doing that, I think I like his wiggle. I like his ability uh, to make guys miss in, in space, quick feet, uh, very shifty, low to the ground. Um, I I like Tyon Evans, and he's another guy, Ben, that um, committed to Tennessee without ever taking a visit. There's a couple guys on this squad that's, that's did that or that's done that, and that is uh, Cedric Tillman, um, Tyon Evans, Caleb Trembley. Uh, Chase McGrav, like all these guys were like, hey,
1: y'all need yeah, <clears throat> y'all need a player? And most of that was because of COVID. Tillman, obviously, just the, a weird circumstance, but those other guys that you mentioned were were because of COVID, couldn't get to a game. So I mean they didn't even take a visit. Right.
0: Yeah, you don't even have to go to a game to take a visit. Come to campus, you know, look look the coach in the eye. I mean, they just they just they just Committed and came on to Tennessee uh, without taking the visit. So that's pretty cool, man. That that speaks to the strength of this of this this conference. Uh, because talking to those those two guys last night, um, McGrath and, and Tremblay, especially Tremblay, it was about playing in the SEC. And there was a connection with, with Trey Johnson, who's a Tennessee grad, but he worked at USC uh, in recruiting um, office. And when he came to Tennessee, uh, he brought some of those guys with them. As we were watching Pitt and it's 13 to nothing. And who
1: is this big tight end, and who on Tennessee is going to guard number, him? Number seven? Yes, he he has stood out more than anybody other than the quarterback. <laughs> it don't look like he went out for a pass. Or, well, he had uh, just caught a pass, no, he, and he, he, he caught slow. a couple
0: different passes. He's slow. But then a receiver, number 11, just dropped a wide-open touchdown.
1: Uh, so,
0: you know, the, the help on the outside for
1: Pickett is a little suspect, but – that tight end may be slow, but we saw how Tennessee's personnel defended tight ends last year. Yeah, Crouch wasn't good at
0: defending tight ends last year.
1: But I'm sure he's better now. Since but he, again, I I, like I, him, I'm, I'm kind of like I said with, with Harbaugh, willing to give players that come out of that system grace. I'm willing to give the the defensive players under Pruitt and that staff last year For sure. uh, grace uh, as well. But that, that tight end is a big old boy. and. Made a couple of, of nice catches so far. It'll be interesting to see how uh, Pittsburgh uses him. But I was going to throw in this little tidbit on Tyon Evans. 6'6", 6'6", 260. Looks all of it, too. Uh, Lucas Krull. Wait, did North he transfer seven. from Florida? I don't know. That name sounds familiar. You yeah. Sure, you sure he didn't transfer from Tennessee? No, he transferred uh, from Florida. Lucas Kroll. You mean tell me he couldn't play a you know, be
0: starting, right. starting tight end in I Florida knew last he year. Looked
1: familiar. Yep. Transferred uh from from Florida last year. So this is his second year uh at at Pittsburgh. He was at Florida. Gosh, he has played so many different places. He was a JUCO kid, seventeen eighteen, played baseball for Jefferson College in Missouri during the seventeen eighteen season. Uh didn't even play football until he got to Florida in two thousand and eighteen. 2019, played 25 games over two seasons for the Gators, caught nine passes for 108 yards, uh, and then enrolled last year as a graduate transferred at, at Pittsburgh and participated in abbreviated spring drills, was limited to one game due to injury. So he's just not really playing football. Yeah. <clears throat> so he's kind of like uh, Brady Woody Quinn, Quinn coming, from the, coming
0: from the volleyball sand.
1: Brady Quinn or Woody Quinn?
0: Woody, not Brady Quinn. Woody Quinn. Woody, Woody, Woody,
1: Woody Quinn. Yeah, he's like, (laughs) except this guy, you know, played baseball and and was drafted in the 34th round by the the Giants. feels a little bit different than, like, Juco volleyball. Hey, man, still,
0: you ain't play football, you ain't play tight end, just to not do it and go do it. He just try to be Jeff Samarja. Most of the time, you know, it's it's tough to do, man. Just ask ask Tim Tebow.
1: That is for sure. But I was going to say this about Tyon Evans. Uh, you were talking about how he committed to Tennessee and signed with Tennessee, came to Tennessee without ever being to Tennessee before. Uh, I thought it was cool that when he met with the media this fall, he said that despite all that, just in the, the first couple of months of, of being at Tennessee, that he's already decided that he wants to raise his family here, that, that he loves Knoxville, loves East Tennessee, and that he wants to, to spend the rest of his life here and, and raise his family here.
0: I thought that was pretty cool. That yeah, is really cool. That yeah, is really cool. We can be neighbors, man. We got some got some houses around the corner.
1: Why? I, I would not put him through that because you won't even help him move in. You got teammates. He don't need me. You, you, you're all part of the brotherhood. So technically, well, y'all are all teammates. I'm
0: booked when it comes to moving, but you know, his his first his first day, I'll bring him a casserole. I'll be the best neighbor ever, man. But. The moving part? Nah, man, I'm booked. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> yeah, he,
1: he got five offensive linemen he can call. Exactly.
3: But there exactly. you go. There,
1: There's you some notes for you to use on Tennessee Prime tomorrow. You're welcome. Thanks, Ben. You're welcome. I had no Doing your homework for you. I didn't know what I was going to do uh, without those notes, Ben.
0: Um, K. Mays, last week's Tennessee Prime mentioned that he prefers day games. He prefers days, um, games where – Games at noon or maybe at three o'clock because he doesn't like sitting and watching and waiting for a night game. Whereas I know for some fans they prefer the night games because you can tailgate all day long. Those noon games that means you got to get up early. The tailgate is not as long. Um, we got breakfast for 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 you know, menu items. But the thing is, when you win that noon game. You can always tailgate afterwards and watch some of the college football games that are on after the game. So you can tailgate afterwards if you really, really want to. Um, So interesting note, K-Makes prefers playing in a day. I didn't necessarily prefer playing day games unless they were against inferior opponents. I wanted to play um, the Floridas and the Georgias and the Alabamas, and I like to play those games at night because I like to get the crowd into it. Uh, I love that atmosphere.
1: Yeah, that was something that always stood out to me about Derek Barnett. I remember uh, I think it was the SEC Network did a feature on him and where is the broadcast? I don't know. He he did not like playing the night games because he did not like sitting around waiting to play football all day. He wanted to play football so bad that he couldn't stand waiting until nighttime to play. So I I always found that interesting and not really surprising that Cade feels the, the same way Dudes that just simply love playing football—they they don't want to sit around all day and wait to play. If I were a player, I would. While I would prefer the atmosphere of a night game, just in terms of of simply playing a game, I'd I'd want to play it as as soon as as possible. But I was also the type that, like, I would sit around school all day and think about that night's game. Like, I not like. Anxious in a bad way, but just like, all right, let's go. I'm ready. I couldn't focus on anything else. I was just ready to play.
0: Yeah. I I understand, you know, sitting around and you know, not there's – a, there's a there's a period, like when you wake up in the morning, you have your breakfast, you go to meetings, special teams meetings, individual meetings and then team meetings, and then after you do all that stuff, you break out from your team meetings and then you go back to your individual meetings and you're going over, you know, the plays that you're gonna be running, going over formations and alignment, things like that, uh, and then they they set you free and you get a couple of hours just to get off your feet, go back to your hotel room. If you want to take a nap, you can do that, and then you watch, you know, you watch other games, and that that is the worst part for sure. I, I understand that. Um, Cj Vol is really active on the text box today and um, says that that you know crawl. Big old 6'6 six, six tight end um, is an uh, a NFL uh, tight end for certain. And I don't, just because you're big, don't make, make you an NFL tight end. I'm looking at uh, Walter WalterCamp, WalterFootball.com, and he's not even listed as a top 20 tight end prospect. He's not even listed at 30 or 40. So he's just big, man. You know people out there, just big for no reason. Big for no reason. J. Peterson. He's 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 a big old boy Uros Stop Stop Uros is the best College teammate In America It's different It's different with Uros But Uros is At, at the beginning Uros is big for no reason But like They got Austin Pope Here um, Under other late Round and untracked Free agent potential players um, Don't look at me like that I'm trying to I'm trying to find the pit Tight end I mean, he's not even listed on there. So, anyways, I'm going back to the phones. We got C-Mac. C-Mac, good morning. Good morning. Good
1: morning. How,
0: how y'all living this morning? Uh, living, living great, man. Living great.
1: Great. It's good seeing great you,
0: Friday. Morning. Oh yeah, man. We we got a chance oh, to yeah. see you, man. Facetime.
1: Yes,
2: that was uh, man. That was really that was really cool. Uh, you gotta love technology. You gotta love uh, the camaraderie. It, it's good to to see all y'all. You know, um, see your face. You know, here soon. I'm sure I'll be hugging hugging your neck uh, mm. when I make my way up. No. Um, you know, I'm gonna hug you uh, sooner rather than
1: later. Yeah, I'm gonna hug you. What day you gonna be here?
2: We're still trying to figure that out. First right, uh, thing first,
1: okay? Yeah, I know. Um, I'll be at in Atlanta's at J Cole concert. Uh, what is
4: that concert again? The fourteenth,
2: twenty seventh. Oh, okay. No, uh, I'm thinking October fourteenth is when he'll be out in Denver. Um, hey man, you look you look good with your Urkel glasses. <laughs> I know Swain did not just call me. The, ooh.
0: You look smart. You look smart in your Urkel glasses. That's a compliment, man. They are Urkel glasses. <laughs> Why you
2: do me like that, Swain? Because you,
0: because you last week you last week pointed out how shuffling all the papers when we were talking about a player
2: <laughs>
0: being on the depth chart you tried to, you tried to instigate <laughs> you tried to instigate you didn't think I was gonna remember about remember that huh I I remember no. I caught you you tried to instigate because I was just making a joke I was just making a joke. Uh, I think it's about Aubrey Solomon not being in too deep. I was joking around, ruffling all the papers, and you tried to put me on the spot. So I'm putting you on the spot with your I mean, Urkel glasses.
2: I'm just saying you ruffled like eighteen, fifty thousand pieces of paper just to find <laughs> out he wasn't on the too deep. Uh just jokes. So, just jokes. I know. It's just you know, it's just joking. You know, if you can't if you can't bust nobody up like this, you know, to me that ain't that ain't no real that ain't real love, you know what I'm saying? So, Absolutely. You know, I'm always appreciative. So, uh, I wanted to call in on some foolishness uh, What's new? today. Are you washing dishes? Uh, I know. Yeah. Um, what did Brian Kelly
0: say last night on TV? He he, he said that uh, he needed to execute yeah. his team, basically, because they didn't execute as well oh. as uh, he wanted them to. So, it was a joke that didn't really come out right. That, uh, that ain't no joke.
2: Ain't not in today's society. Oh, I know. All ain't all I know. a joke. So, uh, at what point is uh, Mister Kelly getting a pink slip?
0: Dude, he's not getting a pink slip. You do realize that person died at one of his practices, and like, and he still made that he's, comment. He's still coaching, so he ain't going
2: anywhere. Yo, like he didn't. He didn't. He that didn't happen. You always see him, or before he was taking anger management classes, you always see him you know, yelling, screaming. And now all those sides have done is uh channeled his anger into uh, intelligent words that still is out of context and still shouldn't be said in public. Uh so I mean he needs to be gone. Not from, I, not I, from that I, comment. I, I mean he needs to No love. no not from that specific one comment from but from everything. It's a it's it's now a whole track record and always has been with, with Brian Kelly. And he don't he don't win nothing. So, I
0: mean, I, what what are they really doing? I mean, see, Mac. He he he's done a pretty good job at Notre Dame. Now they don't they're not gonna win championship right. because when they when they when you get there you're gonna play Ohio State, you're gonna play Alabama, you're gonna play Clemson, and you just not gonna have enough horses at that moment. But like, they have a good team, and they you know they get there. I, I can't hate on Brian Kelly. I mean, he's doing as much as he can at Notre Dame uh, with their with their resources. You know, it's. Uh, you know, academics is a little bit tougher to get into than other schools. Uh, he's done a good job, but he's not going to win championship there anytime soon.
2: I hope not. I hope he don't win nothing. They should have <laughs> lost last night. They should have. Uh, but you know, it, it, it is what it, it, it is, us. right? You know. Uh, hopefully, he he learns from uh, this mistake. I don't know. I doubt it. I, I doubt it. It was just a uh, bad But home. as always, as always, gentlemen, I'm going to sit here and enjoy uh the rest of breakfast with my with my father. Um may y'all have a good Monday, a good week, and be looking forward to uh to to the to the new show tomorrow
0: Appreciate you man. Appreciate you. Travel says, what he is washing dishes? Oh, you know Daddy got him washing dishes. Get in there, boy. Bust them suds.
2: A little elbow grease into it, boy.
0: If you want, even want some. If you want some breakfast, you got to earn these biscuits. Get in there, and bust some suds. All right, let's get to uh, Jay. Jay, good morning. Dang, Wayne. we ready to fire people over a, over a bad joke? Man, see Mike ruthless. He's ruthless this Golly. morning. No, nah. Lord, I tell you what, you can't say nothing these days. No, nah, it was. I mean, it was a bad joke. I, I saw the comment.
4: I he was just. It, I just took it like. A guy trying to be funny who just wasn't funny, you know.
0: That's what I took it as. Yeah, I mean, I,
4: I don't think I don't think there was really any uh, actual uh, malice behind the comment, but nope. Um, well, guys, do y'all feel any better about the Bowling Green game after seeing all these teams
0: struggle? Yeah, for sure. They, they should have beat. You for know, sure, they should they should have beat handily. And they did sh- For sure for sure open this open the show talking about that yeah but feel better i mean tulane was picked 7th in their own conference gave gave oklahoma scare if you know if yeah. the quarterback didn't try to jump from the free throw line like michael jordan uh-huh.
1: i don't get the spencer Rattler love i mean he he's got the the natural athleticism but i he's just not a not a guy that i would want to be my quarterback lacks leadership <laughs> erratic can't trust them i'm good yeah
4: well I, you
1: know I, I, I didn't get a chance to talk with
4: y'all about the game but I, you know things some things have to be put into context mm-hmm. and you know joe milton played five games last year and mm-hmm. a covid year and an offense that is probably not suited to his talent correct he got he got here in may he didn't have spring practice. He's only had fall practice. But to compare him, and and look, I'm so sick of talking about JG. Let's let that kid live his life. God, I know, man. Okay, like, he's in Washington. Let him live his life. But to I saw, I heard, like, comparisons to JG. If you watch Joe Milton and you can't see the talent and the potential oozing out of that kid, and you think that's Jared Garantano, I can't help you at
0: this point. I really question your football acumen, man. If you yeah. if you are if you are really comparing those two quarterbacks. I you know, I'm not one that believes that, you know, you can't have a take or you can't criticize or you can't have an opinion if you haven't played the game. I don't believe that at all because I think there's a lot of smart folks that watch a lot of football that that are spot on with their football takes. But if you're making that take, I'm questioning whether you understand or know the game or not because they are not Uh, No, the same, same player. You could see Joe Milton, the physical
4: tools that he has, the size, strength, the speed, the arm strength. We haven't had a quarterback like that in 20 years. I mean, Tyler Bray has great arm strength. Tyler Bray can't run like Joe Milton. I mean, the physical tools, if this guy puts it together, if Josh Heupel can mold him into a quarterback, I mean this this
0: guy will be off the charts. And I'm looking I'm looking at the, not the physical things with, with Joe Milton, just the way he, you know, his personality mm-hmm. his personality uh uh I think it attracts his teammates. You know, mm-hmm. sitting there in between him and, and K Mays last Tuesday, um those guys hitting it off, um, you know, seeing Joe Milton in some of the videos and, and at practice. I mean, having fun. Um, you know, the last quarterback just—you know—he—he he was uptight. He wasn't from here. He's—he's he's a Jersey kid, so it was always just a little bit different. Um, you know, it just—it just wasn't the same. So, yeah, like like there's some chemistry there. Uh, those guys have have some confidence in Joe. Joe is confident in himself, so it's certainly mm-hmm. different. And yeah, his physical tools are just are different too. Oh man, it's crazy. It's crazy. I
4: mean, Josh Dobbs could run, but Josh Dobbs couldn't throw it like Joe Bill. I mean, this guy's got right. the best of both worlds. And, yeah, there's stuff that he's going to have to improve and get better on if he wants to beat Pitt. But, you know, Swain, and like, I was thinking, even if he went out and threw for 500 yards and we scored 60 points, I wouldn't have overreacted. It's one game. Like, that doesn't mean he's the, the savior either. It's just one game. Let the, let the kid adjust to this offense it's a new coach new offense new school new everything right now um and i and and i trust typo and golish and and uh the other guy the other qb coach um will sit down with them and you know show him what he did well what he did what he did what he could do better and um these guys have a track record of producing quarterbacks so I, you know i'm not going i think people just need to maybe take a chill pill on that Chill it out. Chill it out.
0: Appreciate the phone call, though, Jay.
1: Spot on. Even if uh, Joe Milton had let the world on fire, you, you take it with a grain of salt because of uh, the opponent. We'll, we'll, we'll learn a lot about Joe Milton against Pittsburgh and, in my opinion, against Florida as well, unless Milton just comes out and just completely spirals out of control. Uh, John Case says is- how do you guys feel about K
0: playing tackle? K playing tackle? I know he's a natural guard. How does that work with the new coach staff coming in and coaching a veteran who has a good shot playing the next level? Tackle makes more money, right? What is his NFL um, outlook? Well, Kay came in to Georgia um, as a tackle, and then you know they they moved him uh, and played some tackle, played some guard, and that's what you want. You want to be versatile. You want you want to be able to play multiple positions. Of course, tackle is the money maker, especially. Left tackle, that is the, the money maker position. But Kate is versatile, and he's going to play at the next level. He's going to make some money. And uh, his versatility allows Tennessee's coaching staff, then Ellaby, to put his best five on the football field. That's The versatility is something that uh, Trey Smith had as well. When you can only do something, only do one thing, even though you do it well – it sometimes kind of pigeonholes the coaching staff and trying to find the, the best guys around you to fill out the unit and do what's best for the unit. So, Trey, as great as he was, he was also um, a good guard. He was also a good tackle. And so, when you're trying to put the best five out there, you could do that because you could move around. That's the same thing you could do with Cade Mays. So. Um, CJ Vaughn, I'll, I'll, I'll read this one. I think this was good. CJ says, uh, Evans is about to take Jabari Small's number one spot. He is complete back. They can do it all. Jabari is good, but Evans is better, I think. We are in a a good spot with our running back room. I'll remind CJ Fall again. It's only been one game.
1: And I don't think any of those two are just going to completely take over the job. I mean, I think, as we talked about all fall camp, it's going to be 1A, 1B. All season long, unless somebody gets banged up, in my opinion,
0: one one game. C.J. Ball.
1: I'm going to remind you again for like the 15th
0: time today. One game is one game. That's a nice one-two punch. And Jabari's first for a reason. But man, um, Tyon is certainly certainly capable of being number one. And I don't think it really matters. To, to be honest, I mean they both they both um, had the same amount of yards. Now Jabari picked up more carries. He had six more carries than Tyon, but I can see a case where Tyon may have more carries than, than Jabari Small on any given Saturday. So uh, I like I like what we are running back. Tyon is, I think, a little bit better in space making guys miss, but I like Jabari Small's ability to put one foot in the ground, finish runs, um, and
1: accelerate. I like his ability to refuse to be brought down. Yes. Yes, that that's what I love about him. I talked over the off season about how he reminds me of John Kelly, just the the refusal to be brought down. I, I think Jabari is going to have a, a really good year. Which player, real quick, about a minute and a half before we get out of here, which player excited you the most in the opener? It was it was Tyon. It was yeah, it was Tyon. About defensively, um, defensively, man, me, it was Elijah. Those first two drives. First two possessions, just bulldozing his way back in the backfield. Yeah,
0: cockroaching yeah. folks. Yeah, it was it was good to see him, man. Because we've heard you know so much about him. We talked about him at length. It was good, but man, it was good to see Theo Jackson flying around, flying around making plays. So it was it's hard not to you know point him out because um, he was he was everywhere. So I think that's a good one by you. But I'm on offense. I'm going Tyon just because, man. Him making guys miss in space, man. Like anybody can be a running back, carry the ball and run straight until they run into somebody. But the great running backs are the ones that can make guys miss in space.
1: And and I hate to do this, but now I want to see it against Pittsburgh and Florida. Heck yeah, man! Like it's really cool to see see it against Bowling Green. But he's supposed to do that against Bowling Green. He's a running back at the. University of Tennessee. He should be doing that against Bowling Green. Now, let's see if that translates uh, to Pitt and and Florida as well. That's right. That's right. We'll have Pittsburgh
0: coverage more and more uh, tomorrow. The coaches uh, will be talking to the media this week. Josh Heupel is ready to rock and roll today um, for his, his press conference.
1: And let see what kind of questions being gonna ask today, man.
0: Represent Ben. As of
1: ten oh one, I have no idea what I'm going to. Represent,
0: represent, man. Give the people what they want. Ask the questions that
1: people want to know. Well, people want to know when Harrison Bailey's going to start. Golly. I don't. I don't think it's wise for me to ask some that question. People. I don't, don't want to piss
0: hypo off. Today. Some people, some people. Oh my God! What a way to end the show, Ben. I hate you. You did this to yourself. Tomorrow, same time, right there on the Swain Event app. Also streaming on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook Live. We hope you have a great day for Ben McKee. I'm Jason Swain. The Swain events fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Peace and love. We are out. Have a great day. Have a blessed day.